Lock the gate! All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. How's it going? Are you all right? You know, I, I got to be honest with you. I uh, It's nighttime here. It's obviously before the day that this came out. And I've just been uh, shooting Glow for about 13 hours today. Now, that wasn't a work-intensive day necessarily, but you're there. You're in the studio. You're eating food. And you're just... its There's something about that time that is exhausting. So I'm a little loopy. But uh, so if I sound a little tired, it's not because I'm depressed. It's not because I'm lethargic or sad or despondent or despairing. I'm, I'm actually none of those things. I do feel a little a little bloated. That's what's happening. Too much food around. And, you know, I actually lost all the weight that I lost specifically to start shooting glow because I knew there'd be food all around. So now I'm just going to have to accept that eventually I'll break down and I'll be stuffing donuts in my face and eating whatever the fuck they put out and lots of it. I've been stifling, been stifling. I actually held a piece of a donut today, looked at it intensely, smelled it, connected with it. I looked at the donut and I was like, you know, I I can really put you into perspective. I didn't say this out loud. There are other people around, but I was like, I understand what you'll do for me. I understand the sensations I'll get and the excitement of of just shoving all of you into my face and, and just tasting the old fat. I was talking to an old fashioned donut and um, you know, and they, they know things. There's a wisdom to the old fashioned donut, but I was like, yeah, you know, we, I, I think we understand each other, but I'm going to have to, I'm just going to have to let you go. Um, and sadly, because I'm holding you, that's going to be in the garbage. Uh, I could put you back in the box. Um, maybe no one would see it, but I'd know we'd know together if you entered someone else's face you'd be like uh you you don't know this but some other guy had me in his hands yeah but you wouldn't be able to communicate that i could probably just put you back in the box but i didn't i threw it out and i felt like i was somehow a hero somehow victorious somehow that was a a major achievement sometimes it's good to just kind of get connected and sort of really express yourself emotionally in a moment or two to a half a donut in your hand. All right? That's going in the book. I don't know what that book is, but it's going in it. Fahim Anwar is on the show today. Very funny guy. Didn't know him that well. Seen him a few times. Very good comic. And he's uh, he's a writer and cast member on that show, Goatface, which you can watch on ComedyCentral.com or the Comedy Central app. You can go to cc.com slash goatface to check it out. But Fahim is here. We had a very nice comic chat, but also an interesting life story. Was an engineer for Boeing. Yeah, he's got that kind of brain. And you can see it in his comedy, and that's a compliment. We'll get into it. Also, I let's pick up this narrative because something nice happened. I talked about the teapot I bought last week, uh, about the perfection of it and the beauty of it and how I long to have a craft you know i always think of that you know, this is my, my point of reference in terms of changing your life i think of that that very last frames of breaking bad where jesse is just 
in a wood shop. I'm like, hey, man, if Jesse can do it, I can do it. But I got an email. I don't know how she found me. Subject line from the, in parentheses, German potter and maker of your new teapot. See, now it's all adding up. Hi, Mark. Thanks for including our little interaction from last Saturday in your fabulous podcast. You really hit the mark in a thoughtful, kind, and extremely funny way. Let me know if you need some teacups. I'd be happy to make some in the suitable color and form. All the best. I don't know how you say her name. Heike. I think H-E-I-K-E. I I think. I don't know. But she's a potter. (laughs) and A ceramicist. Ceramics with a K at the end uh, on her business card. But uh, yes, I, I think I may want some teacups. If we're talking teacups, I'm always up for some teacups. Seriously, though, I mean, I don't... Um, oh, man. I don't know if I'm ever going to really know how to use my car's um, you know, sound system. Is that troubling? I got got a new car. It's not a fancy car. It's a little fancier than the one I had. It's a 2019 Toyota Avalon. But it just seems to be getting more and more complex. Do I need Wi-Fi in the car? Do I need to do their thing, their insurer thing or whatever it is that connects you to, I guess, Toyota HQ? So you're being tracked by a satellite. They're already doing that with your phone. not going to get loopy on some paranoid trip. I mean, we're volunteering for it. Yeah, know where I am all the time. Could you please? Just in case someone needs to know where I am all the time or I go off the grid, you might want to figure out what happened. Did a sinkhole swallow me with my phone? You need to be on the grid. Something following us all the time. Right now, I got my phone in the pocket. I'm trackable. I'm on the grid. I'm a point. I'm a dot on a large thing that some guy's watching and he's saying, yeah, I'm on Marin. We got him. But in my car, I don't know. And I, do, and I keep saying to myself, just read, what would it take? What would it take to master just the sound system in my fucking car? I mean, I got the book right there. What would it take? Do I need all that shit? Do I need half this stuff? I, I long for simplicity. That's, yeah, that was what, I think that has something to do with the teapot thing and just, you know, whittling which I'm not doing enough of. But, uh, you know, it's just, I, some days it's just, I'm so, my brain is so drawn out. It's so spread out and in- interactive that it annoys me. I think there's only a few solutions to that to reground myself. I felt pretty far away from myself the other day. I think what I need to do, and I've done this before and it's been a while and I haven't done it at the new house. I think after I record this, it's late enough after 10 I think it might be time to walk around my house naked to just feel it get undressed step outside it's dark and just uh, take a take a loop take a loop around the house slowly feel the grass on my feet feel the wood of my of my stoop of my porch and uh, and then perhaps walk myself out of the house see that see where that ended up I think it was a decent spiritual endeavor to uh, wander outside naked within my yard and then I'm locked out and then it gets exciting and then it's uh, meeting the neighbors in a unique way. It's not the first way you want to meet your neighbors is uh, knocking on their door naked saying, uh, I locked myself out. I was just out walking. So can you help me out? Can, Can I call? Can I call Sarah the painter? She should be up painting. She's making some nice paintings. Fahim Anwar, 
is uh, a guy who I see at the comedy store. But I'd seen him and then I wouldn't looked at his stuff. And he's a very meticulous uh, comic. He's a very uh, orchestrated, very organized. Uh, he does all the things. He moves. He does voices. He uh, acts things out. He has good jokes. He's, uh, he's very organized and very funny. And I envy that. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's a great comic. And we had a nice conversation. It was kind of interesting because we kind of, <laughs> he's one of those guys you see around and we don't know each other, but we are comedians. And we, uh, we did that talk, the talk we have here sometimes on WTF. We did that one. Fahim is uh, the head writer and uh, cast member on Goat Face, which you can watch on ComedyCentral.com or the Comedy Central app. You can go to cc.com slash goatface to check it out. And this is me uh, talking to Fahim Anwar here in the garage. <laughs> I went on stage with a drink and a straw, mm-hmm. and this comic, Frank Santa, I don't remember who it was. I don't even know if it was a comic. They just said, don't ever, don't ever drink with a straw ever again. You lose stage. your power. It's like the opposite of wearing a suit. Yeah. I don't know what, it, I don't know what, the, I don't know exactly why. I mean, I, I don't can know. see that. Yeah. Because like you're making this point, you seem all and macho, then and yeah. then you purse your lips together. Right. Yeah. That, that is, Frank Santarelli actually did that bit. Uh, on stage but it was a concerned audience member uh, who came up to me and was uh, was like you can't you just takes away your edge yeah don't do it <laughs> i don't know what it was have you performed in a suit before mm-hmm. i've performed in e- everything yeah not naked yeah i would never do that i've been asked uh like to do a we i don't like when it's like too specific like hey we're all doing pcp and then doing a set <laughs> or you gotta do like a trapeze act and then you do like no one just wants to do a straight comedy show anymore no i know so like, you, got, you get butt naked and then they do, do your jokes they have that i know like in new york but i would they, never and i know i don't even do it in my underwear no i won't do it at home yeah i mean you, I, you I, don't I, even run bits in, in the no, show no i don't I, but i mean it's like why would you isn't it hard enough yeah, stand up with all the right variables is hard enough. I, I can't stand when it's any sort of theme where you got to, you know, like they do it at the store upstairs all the time. You know, we're just doing a show yeah. about people's uh, experience buying shoes. And you're like, what? I do. <laughs> the, the the performing in a suit is kind of, I always, I have this joke one time where like I, I bombed in a suit, you know? Oh, yeah. And there's nothing worse than bombing in a suit because oh, yeah. it, people know that you thought it was going to go a different way. <laughs> like it's so premeditated. Like if you show up in a hoodie, you're all dressed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, like they they picture you ironing your pants and everything, yeah. and just like ah, they're gonna love me. Oh yeah, it's a special well, night for sure. But if you just like rolled up in a hoodie, they'd be yeah. like, oh, that guy just walked off the he, street and tried some things. Yeah. It, he ate shit, you know. Yeah, he didn't he, give a fuck. He ran with he it. Give, yeah. But a suit, it's like uh, uh, you gotta. Yeah, you think it's Vegas and walking off in his tie. Oh. Look at that. I I don't. Uh, I think I've worn him on TV. I did for my first when I did Seth. It was my first late night performance. Seth Myers? Yeah. Did you wear a full suit with a tie? Suit, yeah, just because. Did you go buy it for that, or did you have it I for did. a family I event? I bought it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the good part. To, well, You're I, like, it's I'm a good way. To, p- it's a good way to collect suits. Just do late night sets. <laughs> no, but like, how how many suits did you have before that? Like one. Right. And it was baggy and yeah, it was shitty old suits. You're like, I'm going to do something nice for myself. Yeah. I'm going to buy this suit, and then and that's a, the other thing is going on TV with clothes that really aren't yours yet. You have them. You haven't made them yours. It is kind of odd as well too, where you. You practice, or you do stand up day in and day out with regular clothes, and you're like, ah, oh, the biggest performance of my life. Let me wear a suit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let me rein it in. It's kind of when like some of our peers and stuff they'll do uh, specials, mm-hmm. and we see them in the clubs, mm-hmm. in and out, and they know the beats of the clubs, 
And they're like, let me do Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. for the biggest performance of my yeah. life. And it's just a totally different, or like a giant theater. Oh, yeah. And it's just a totally different thing. I've been, I've made, how long have you been doing it? 16 years. I really? Re- yeah. That's the trouble with like starting so young is that people just think that you're like six years well, in I don't. Time. I don't know that I noticed you until recently. I, uh, why is that? I lurk in the shadows. Like, I don't overstep my bounds. But I you're around? Way. I'm around, you know, I'm at the store. And but you I, say I, hi to me and shit? Yeah, I'll say hello. But I'm forgettable. I'm the same way with like Rogan and stuff. Like, I'll say hi, but I don't. I would rather someone not know who I am than to know me and have a bad impression of me. You'd rather people not know who you are? Yeah, I don't want to overstep my bounds. I'd rather someone not know who I am than for them to know who I am and have a bad impression. Because one, you can come back from. The other, you can't. Right. It's so hard to... Well, you're saying that like if somebody's like, that guy's a dick, like you if, never... Like the first time I saw you at the store, if I was like, hey, Mark, I love everything you do in the podcast, changed my life. Yeah. And like, you inspired me to I'd get into... i feel bad for you because Can voice, I get your number? <laughs> your sure, voice yeah. would be weird. Yeah, my voice would be weird. But it, all the passion... I know what you mean. I know. Yeah. You just lay low until somebody just says like, hey, man, you're pretty sure. good. Like, Wait for it to come to you. All right. We're at the store all the time. I'll, yeah. When the time is right, I right. was that way with some Sebastian. Like, because I've been at the store for a while, and, and like Neil Brennan too, mm-hmm. just wouldn't just do my thing, head low, whatever. Yeah. What's supposed to happen? It's supposed to happen. And then I think I was doing um, one of the shows in, in Montreal, and he was he was like hosting the gala. Who Neil or Sebastian? Sebastian. Yeah. So that was the first time we talked ever, and we'd see seen each other at the store. He's, he knew- he's also one of those guys too, who's just kind of like he's in and out. He in doesn't talk in and out. Yeah, he goes in there to socialize. He goes through the kitchen. When he goes, he doesn't. He like won't a, even do the like a Scorsese movie. Just right. his life is a. I don't know what it is, but he parks his car, and then I don't. You know, he don't. I, the last couple of times I've seen him, he goes through the kitchen door. Yeah, not even dealing with the hallway. Doesn't even want to deal with walking into the club in the public way anymore. He doesn't want to exchange any words unless a microphone. But he's is. quiet though. He's a nice guy. No, like he's once, great. Yeah, he's very yeah, nice but guy. But he's he's very much in and out. But I was on the on the clothing front. I've been doing this for a long time, like thirty years or something, and I've made a lot of horrendous mistakes. Uh, uh, with I clothing. remember you were talking about wearing a scarf was suggested. Oh, did that you, was Mitzi. Yeah, yeah. yeah did you should you wear a it? scarf. Sure, I wore it for a little while. Did you do beret at all? Or no just, berets. Okay. I wasn't asked by Mitzi to wear a beret. She said you should wear a scarf. Did she tell Sam to wear a beret? You're a poet? No, I don't think she did. I think Sam uh, had a problem with the fact that he was balding, uh, and eventually he locked in. To a, ber- beret. a beret and then later a, a bandana of some kind. I see. When but the I, times changed. <laughs> yes. When his times changed. Uh, he, he decided it was time for a bandana. But I've been on, I was on Letterman in a, in a very shiny suit uh-huh. that I, for some reason, every time I look at those old tastes myself, I'm like, how did I look at myself and not realize that the suit was shiny? Like, wh- how did I... It was a shiny suit. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought this was great. It was, was of great. the time, though. I guess it was. I went to Calvin Klein. They'll sell you on shit. Was I, it like NBA draft suits? Just were... I don't know what... It, it was like... It was a fancy two-piece suit, and I wore a tie, but it would definitely had a, a sheen to it. Mm. Then there was another... There was a five-button suit that was in fashion for like a month. I wore that. Leather pants on Conan. Oh, leather pants. Leather pants. Yeah, I did leather pants. And you were a bad boy back then. Right? No, no. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. <laughs> How did it feel in the moment in the leather pants? Were you like, this is a mistake? Was there some squeaking? Was there some humidity? Well, I was like, you know, like, hey, dudes do this, you know, rock and roll, man. It was a leather pants and a Nehru jacket. Nehru jacket. Oh, yeah, I don't. Look, man, a lot of mistakes. I remember. I'm just telling you, man, don't make the mistakes I made with just, the clothing. Yeah, I was going to do leather pants. I had one coming up. <laughs> this is good that we bang this out. <laughs> I'm gonna have to text. <laughs> Nick, stop making Nick's the, on the leather pants. Yeah, yeah. But do you remember coming through Giggles at all? Because I started in Seattle. Yeah, and I well, remember you coming through there. 
No, I mean, like, what's, well, I mean, that's, a th- how long have you lived here? Have you lived here? I moved to th- fall of 2006 because I had a job out here in Long Beach. So I was in Long Beach at first. Doing what? Engineering. Oh, so you were still doing that well into. I was engineer for like f- four years at Boeing while I was kind of, but the thing is I started in Seattle when I was 18. I know. I've been, I've been, I've been I spent a lot of time in Seattle, but let's go. Where were you born? Uh, so yeah, Everett, Washington. Oh, no Everett. One, yeah, no one really knows Everett. So I, yeah, I kind of know Everett. Yeah, yeah. Evergreen but, Hospital. Shout out. Yeah, but your parents are are first, Afghan, yeah. but they're for immigrants. They came, yeah, they came here from Afghanistan. from Afghanistan. Do you have family in Afghanistan? Not that I know of. Really? Yeah. I think so they just here, cut out, and much. that was it. They didn't yeah. tell you about it. They didn't want you to know about it. I mean, they tell us little bits and pieces and stuff like but that. But they're like, done with Afghanistan. Yeah, they're done. I think I had a chance to do a like a USO type thing. Maybe not that. You know how there's different tiers of USO. If you got a chance, I did. Yeah. I did get a chance like a few years ago, and they were just like, uh, "We got out," or they're just very overprotective. You know, they're like, "We don't know." Blah. blah. I'm like, oh, "I'd be safe to be on a base and all that." But what town were they from? Kabul. Really? And you don't know the, the history of what they were doing there or anything? No, I know. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's suspicious. I'm no, just... no. <laughs> they're all the up and up guys. I'm here legally. Don't worry. They were ISIS freedom fighters. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we call them freedom fighters over there. <laughs> I used to have this joke like I go and uh, like I did I perform for the troops in Afghanistan and then I hop the fence into the other side just to like double dip, <laughs> just to get double the payday. But but because uh, I have no sense of it and I was hoping that you did but you don't. Oh no, I do. I just know kind of like how they came to America from there. Like what happened? What so year? My dad came like in the early. He came two times. First when he was eighteen. Yeah. Like in the. Early seventies, yeah, and then he oh came, way back, yeah, and then he, so he came for college, yeah, you know, so he came to Minnesota and then North Dakota. I don't know which was the first or second. So he went, got a mathematics degree, and then he went back to Afghanistan, and then he he was working there. I think an insurance company, insurance uh-huh. company, and then did a year of military because you have to do that, yeah, and then he could kind of see how like the communism was taking over, how it was changing the country a bit. Oh, so when the Russians came, yeah, so. Yeah. Before they push them out. So it was kind of like uh, before it was, you know, hot in the 80s. Like he kind of see how it was turning. So he's Mm -hmm. like, let me go back to America and get an engineering degree. So then I think he he got to Minnesota and and got a degree there. And then asked my mom to to marry him. Like they knew each other from Afghanistan. And they were both in Minnesota coincidentally? No, she was still in Afghanistan. Oh. So. He went back and got her? Well, he didn't go back. He, he He was able to say will you marry me and then she was able to get like uh say get a visa for uh-huh. um to visit her fiance but she had no intention of ever coming back really right people were like oh give us this when you come you come back from america and give it she's like yeah give me a list yeah, yeah. on <laughs> but knowing very well yeah and it was hard because there weren't a lot of visas going out at the time it was kind of couldn't get out clamping down it was yeah. getting harder to get out of the country and luckily she was able to meet up with my dad and in america and so they got in under the wire at, kind of after the wire. The, when the when the first shit hit the fan. Yeah, because the my mom was telling shit. me stories about you know people who have been to America and yeah. just any loose ties. They could say anything, and it was just a scary time. Like, what do you mean? Like uh, 
whoever's coming into power like the communists and stuff they could just claim something like oh he oh he's a, he's a part of this party or whatever and then like you don't see them anymore throw him oh, killed or in prison jail or yeah kill or something like that I, yeah i can't like i always i'm but i don't know much about him almost any other country mm-hmm. you know sadly I, I know a little bit about this country because i live in it right but even when i talk to people from london i'm like what's going on <laughs> yeah and, you know, like, it's crazy and you're surprised you're like you don't care about his trump as much as all the papers here <laughs> they do though He's not as much as here, though. Like, but, uh, but like Afghanistan, I have no fucking idea. Yeah, I have a buddy, uh, guy who I do my podcast with. He, Who's that? Uh, Ali, Ali Baluch. He's not a comic. He's, oh. he's just a cool Afghan dude. <laughs> he's just an Afghan dude. dude. Yeah, he's Matt. an Afghan American, like yeah. me. Just, yeah. um, and uh, he's over there right now, just filming some stuff. So I'm following him on Instagram and seeing like stories. Yeah, just his. You know how you post stories on Instagram. Yeah. So it's cool to get a little slice of life of. But he can just come and go. Yeah, they let you do that I and everything. So, like, yeah. See, like, I, like I have this mythic sort of like. Afghanistan. I know. I don't really like. If I wanted to go to Afghanistan, I don't know where I'd have to fly into. Right. Where, but I mean, not there, a lot of brochures. There's not. <laughs> I mean, Kabul's like a real city, right? I mean, sure. It, yeah, they, yeah. People have jobs. It's not just like it's. It's not all Taliban craziness. Right. 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 right yeah. It, that. I mean, I imagine that's sort of like. Oh, yeah, that happens. But it's out. You know, it's on the. It's in the other part of town. Or right. It, it's the other side of the country. But I don't. I think I have no sense of that. The menace of just I, living in Afghanistan. Yeah, I have no idea. There are people who would do it, but it just boggles my mind or how to do it or. And then you come, you guys. How your dad settled in Seattle? No, so I think they were they were in Minnesota or North Dakota when he was finishing up his or North Dakota. This is the big thing. This, Minnesota, I should really North, talk. Who, what's in? I'm going to say Minnesota. I'm going to go on the line and say that's better. So he's finishing up his degree in Minnesota. And that's nice. North Dakota. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not good. And now I'm going to get shitty emails from North Dakota. Hey, it's it's cool like, here. Yeah, a little condescending. I don't know if you know about this. It's better than South Dakota. Right. <laughs> I don't know what we're up I, top. I don't even know what the capital of North Dakota is. Do that's you? how bad we is it is. We're Sioux City. That's Iowa. I did a show there one time in Sioux City. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to get my hour ready and they were and it was kind of late in the game and so they just like had some weird markets for me to play oh right but they had a they have a club there right yeah and how was that it was all right it was it was just performing for a room full of people white white people very very white people they must have they must have loved it they did yeah except for certain parts (laughs) yeah you feel the resistance yeah don't you find that sometimes like uh Sure, you'll have everybody love you and all that stuff, but you might have a slightly politically leaning bit. Oh, yeah. Like, not, not with, like, crazy teeth, even if it's, like, kid gloves. I think yeah. it was just so tense at the time. Yeah. That even if they get a whiff of... Oh, you just feel it in your heart. Like, you're not sure if it's... And some, a, yeah, something that would crush yeah, yeah. in a blue state, yeah. where you're expecting a standing O, yeah. is the exact opposite. Yeah, and you, you, you're reminded, yeah. oh, and you feel America's like right different. At, yeah, like right at the beginning, and, but you're like, no, I'm in. I've got to, I've got <laughs> I'm to keep too going. Deep. Yeah, I can't, I can't pull out now. Yeah. I'm just going to have to sit in this weirdness yeah. and see if like... If, and you can almost... You just sort of like, oh, it's going to break a little bit, just a little. And then like, and if it doesn't... Do you pivot like, or do you just plow through it? Well, I mean, I haven't like the. I, I just started doing more politics in the last year or so. Do you get some walkouts at all, or I've I've had people. I've gotten emails and like I've had uh, minor walkouts, but not major ones. I feel like you have your fans at this point. No, and no, like, that's the thing. But like you know, but people do. It's weird that how people get triggered and they just behave like children. It's like you re- you really couldn't sit through the four minute bit about that. 
you know, couldn't make it through. You know, it's crazy. You I, didn't? I know you're talking about like I was at the OR the other night and sometimes I'll have a joke that, uh, that's the original room for people listening. Sorry for the shorthand. I just think everyone is a comedy store regular. No, I, 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 me too. Me too. And I, uh, am, I've just recently gotten emails. It's like, maybe you should give last names of people. We don't all know who Phil is. Oh, that's true. And then I'm like, I don't know who Phil is. Who was I talking to? But go ahead. Original room. Yeah. So sometimes you'll be doing just jokes and everyone's having a good time. And, uh, and then you might do be a slightly un PC joke, but it's a comedy club. Yeah. It's not a and then and people will like it for the sure. for the majority, but yeah. there might be like you'll see a pocket of people yeah. who just like they turn off and the they're table. no longer you into can, you anymore. You feel they it, were yeah. loving everything, but yeah. now yeah. you're a monster. And I just kind of had this thing that it was a good set overall, but I, just, I wanted to end on just kind of a little message. I go, like, guys, um, some not every joke is for everyone. Like just yeah. like not every song is for everyone. When you listen to an album, yeah, maybe you like three songs of this Drake album. Let's say, yeah, you don't because you don't like the rest. You don't tune out and be like, "Fuck Drake." Yeah, what an asshole. But you don't listen. You don't tap out and you no, hate no, the artist yeah, yeah, because of yeah. one. Yeah, I go that jokes. Song. Yeah, jokes are songs. Uh-huh. Maybe sit that joke out. Right. Jump back in for the next one. Right. We're yeah. not monsters. These are all just like ideas we're slinging. Did they connect with that? Yeah. I think uh, there's a faction of people who who, who want that or who just want jokes to be seen as jokes. Yeah. Because they're not anymore. But did you notice though that like sometimes, uh, I mean, almost always there's about maybe an eighth of the audience that isn't laughing properly anyways. That like if you're in the OR and you're killing, there, mm-hmm. you, 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 if you're you in the- zero in on the guy who's well, not? Sure. Like you look at the back, as far as you can see in the back, you're like, what are those people even doing back there? Are they, are they, are they paying attention? It's not that they're talking, but like you always zoom in on the people that are like, nope. Yeah. Not happening. I don't. I gloss over. I'm like, oh, it's very hard to make. I mean, for the majority, you'll have most of the room laugh, but then there's also people who just have strange taste. That's it. That's uh, you can't account for that. And I was talking about last night on stage, where I'm sort of because your initial reaction as someone inside of you is like, uh, "Why is that guy mad?" or whatever. And you don't know their life. I mean, what do you think? They come to the comedy club and all of a sudden, like the rest of their life is just on hold. That guy could be sitting there like, "Nah, this isn't working." Yeah, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> this is an odd profession, though. I've always found like to go to the comedy store, you have to pay two drink minimum, a cover. It's it's a night out. It's 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 a pretty penny, you know. Especially if you bring a date. It, it seems and, like the, it's it's reasonably priced, or it wouldn't be so crowded. Sure. I mean, what are they really paying? Don't they get? Isn't there, isn't it like a ten dollar admission fee? It's not. It's a pretty reasonable it's like ten or twenty cover the, charge and the then original, two drink minimum. Two drink minimum, and right. then you, you got to pay for your no, date yeah, as a, well. So I mean, it's a it's a yeah, night out. Yeah, you don't want to. But it's always so odd there. So they're paying this money. Yeah, and they're dressing up and all that. But stand up is almost the only art form where they they pay all this and they. And if if they don't know who you are, like, you know, you're Mark Maron, mm. so it's a different thing. But, like, I'm a cusper right now. Like, I might be a funny guy, but nobody knows who the fuck I am, really. Really? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, some do. Like, my f- few fans or you do or the job. You're very funny. Thanks. So, yeah. Yeah, but, I, I mean, Bill Burr talks about it in his come up, just how uh, killing in obscurity. Yeah, right. Because I'll, I'll get offers to do gigs somewhere, but the money's not... Right, right, right. You yeah. kind of have to get some TV stuff, some movie stuff, some credits before uh, uh, the money reflects kind of where you're at in the game. It takes so long. And I'm not a diva about it. Yeah. Like, I don't need a ton of money. I mean, right. I live in a studio apartment in Koreatown right yeah. now. Good for you. I live very right. modestly. Uh-huh. I don't, I'm not like bawling out of control and I need crazy money to right. go somewhere, but right. I just need it to make sense. Sure. To, to justify your work. Sure. Yeah. And that's yeah. not coming. No, it is slow. Yeah, I mean, everything's okay. a slow burn. Yeah. Com- yeah, comedy's just a... But you do realize that at any given time, there's only about like nine or 10 comics that are like massive. 
Yeah. I always look at stand-up comedy as like tennis. Yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> it's, right, right, It's so right. hard to be number one yeah. forever. Sure. And there's so many variables. You can be in the top 10, and yeah. but, but the board shuffles a bit. Sure. And if you, if you can still play the circuit for a good amount of money and you still got some name value yeah. and maybe your own sneaker, you're all right. For, for sure. But back to my point about like- um, good analogy. When people come in, they yeah. pay this money and then you just sit with their arms crossed. Like you're paying so much money and you're like- Who's this guy? Think yeah. he's going to make me laugh? Yeah. Yeah. Def- hey, you paid money. Yeah. Defiant. Come on. What do you got? Yeah. Like I, no one goes to the doctor and says, this guy thinks he's going to fix me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. We'll see doc. Well, yeah. Well, you kind of do though, don't you? No, I it's trust like, my doc. You do, but they don't always know what's wrong. I know. You, and they tell you what, they tell you what hopeful. it might be. They're like, well, this could be a couple of things. They're like, how do you not know? Like how long have people been around in doctors? You should know. Yeah, I don't I, know. We don't, this is a weird thing. I like, I've been in the hospital one time and then. For what? Uh, oh, I shouldn't be saying this. My mom's going to listen. Is she? Yeah, she's a big fan. No, she's She listens not. to everything that I... Yeah, oh, oh yeah, of yeah, you. Yeah, of me. Not of WTF. She, I mean, she that loved too. your she's Josh big, Brolin uh, interview. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. She's a big man. You have to head. tell her. What, what'd you, what was it, embarrassing? No, just because no. she's so overprotective. I had pneumonia. Mm. So I was in the hospital for like oh, two. Oh, she didn't know you didn't tell her. You just yeah, told her you that's one cold. of the things you learn about Middle Eastern moms is like you don't tell them everything because... Yeah. That's what you know about every mom. I guess so, but this is even more so. Really? Yeah, because when you get sick, your, your brown mom will think that it's your fault. Like your what I'm not mom? Brown. Okay. You know, whatever. It's okay. a shorthand. I don't know if that's offensive or not, but I, I think it's okay. I, it'd probably be offensive if I said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have carte blanche to say, <laughs> say brown. But just whenever I would get a colder, she would be like, I told you. Like, I'm not allowed to get a cold. Right, right, right. She just, told you what? Like, no. how could I have prevented it? Like, yeah. life happens. Yeah. But, oh, but when I was in the hospital, these doctors from different departments come in on checking you. You're like, this is so-and-so from this department. This is so-and-so. Yeah. And then they're on the bill. Like, they were just running a train on you. Yeah, like, right. just like a medical <laughs> financial true. train. That's true. So, you got, what, do you got SAG insurance? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Like, I noticed that too recently. It's like, well, you know, we don't know. This is a little weird. We're going to do like 100 tests. 100? And then you you realize like that's the racket. It's almost like chum in the water. They're yeah. like, yo, someone sells in room thirty five, yeah, yeah. and like everybody like endocrinology comes in like, oh, how are you feeling? Yeah, yeah. and they touch your forehead. And yeah, yeah. Ching. Yeah, exactly. That's the racket. It's sort of like uh, one time. But only... that's also the benefit of having good coverage. See, we can't be too cynical, and we're going to sit here and complain that I well, go to we're the fortunate enough. That's to... exactly like I go to the clinic, and three doctors see me. It's a fucking racket. But if we didn't have it, it'd be hard. I'd be homeless right yeah. now. I like I like having all the tests. It, it just didn't really dawn on me that some of them were unnecessary. Until yeah, recently. a lot of them are. Yeah, it's like when I go to a fancy hotel. Like just being in this business, I'm not wealthy, but sometimes you'll book a role. And you are that, you are like pretend wealthy for a week. They'll yeah. put you up in first a really class. first class, yeah. fancy hotel. Yeah. I was staying at this hotel. This was for Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, the Tina Fey movie. Yeah. So like I took my mom to the premiere and everything. And we're staying at the hotel by Columbus Circle. I forget what it's called, but it's so nice. In New York. Yeah. Right there. At, oh yeah. It's and the, I would never stay at a the hotel. The big one. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just realized uh, everyone wants, like, can I get your bag? Everyone who says, can I get your sure. bag? They're just yeah, like, give yeah. me money. Yeah, right. And yeah. So like yeah. towards the end, I'm just clutching my bag. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> I do that too when I get out. It's so fucked up because I carry a duffel bag and if they send a car for me and I get out at the hotel and there are two guys there, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. I got the door. Th- don't worry about it. 
but 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 is it, it's not so like you can give them a dollar, but sometimes you're like, how much do I? I'm not there yet. I can't give. I need a dollar. You can give, no, you don't need, I need to do dollar. laundry. It, it no, really no, comes down to like, how much do they expect? Like, what does a bag cost? And if I gave a him dollar, a dollar, five he'd, dollar, he'd he'd be like shitting on me with his boys, you know? Right. That's the other thing. You can't, how do you know what you're going to get into? You're better off just handling it yourself and being a dick, yeah. a cheap asshole, as opposed to like, that's the dollar dude. And it's too much exposition to be like, I know I'm staying at a very fancy hotel, but I'm not very wealthy. I just yeah. got a very little role in a movie. I, just, I might get cut out. I don't know. We'll see. There's not enough time for that. You could make the time. Yeah. Maybe I'll just like print it out on a note and just hand it out. Like a deaf guy in the train? <laughs> Trying to please sell some pens? Please don't ask me for money. I've just got to roll in a <laughs> <laughs> this is a good way to expedite my life. So okay, so they settled in Seattle after North Dakota or Minneapolis. So yeah, my dad was finishing up his degree, and my yeah. mom was saying she was really sad, uh-huh. just because you know it's not home. Did she get a degree? No, she just yeah, she was, she studied French literature in mm-hmm. Afghanistan, and then um, and then Boeing came by, and they had brochures. Yeah, brothers and sisters. I have a bro- one brother, older, younger, older dentist, a dentist, killing it. Yeah, yeah. My parents are one for two. Well, that, if you should talk to him about the racket. Oh, yeah. I think well, that's different. It's just the a mouthful coming. of money, that's man. That's true. Oh, my God. I think they have, like, me? they joke around. They go, like, drill Bill and Phil. <laughs> <laughs> what kind? Does he do root canals and shit? Yeah. Oh. It's very cool having a dentist brother in the family. It's like having a mechanic, just someone you could trust. And and you and you've got, you go to him? You I go know. to him. I haven't had to have any dental work done, so I'm kind of lucky. He'll check on it. Really? Yeah, I just How get cleanings. 34. Huh. Nothing. Nothing. No cavities the fuck yeah i do oh. wear a retainer at night though oh you do i do <laughs> why just because i had braces when i was a kid and i just want to i want to uh maintain your straight teeth. yeah maintain i'm in hollywood baby yeah you seem like a little show business no nah, not that i mean a little bit i guess you seem like you, you got it you know, together you got you know yeah you're, you're i'm not, trying you're not uh, all fucked up yeah i'm not a child star i'm okay but yeah no yeah but it seems like you manage yourself pretty well i think you know the engineering thing helps just ha- having yeah let's had get that to that. so all right so your your dad's in north dakota or minneapolis your mom's bored and then boeing does boeing what? comes by they're trying to recruit to, to north dakota yeah. or minneapolis yeah we don't know yeah we'll see somewhere it's vague so, minneapolis uh-huh. they're looking at, at colleges for just to recruit some fresh blood right and, and your dad's doing graduate work in engineering or? no just getting his his four-year degree huh because i think uh he just had to, because he already had a mathematics degree. He just needed to be in college for two more years and he'd be able to get. He had an Afghani mathematics degree? No, because he came the first time to America. Oh, and he did and that. He that, yeah. And he so needed two more years to knock to get out. A, to get an engineering degree, because I guess there's a lot of uh, overlap. Right. So he gets the degree. Boeing comes by, like job fair stuff. Yeah. My parents see a brochure of Seattle. They don't really know what Seattle is or, you know, but uh, it looks nice on the brochure. And this is the 80s? Uh, Probably. Like late 70s, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Or, or, or maybe. Yeah, 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 I think late 70s. So before it blew up, it's all that's there is Boeing at this point. Pretty much. Right. Yeah, there's no Amazon. There's, there's no yeah. Microsoft. I mean, Boeing is, yeah, exactly. So Boeing was like OG. Right, and it was still like a small city, kind of full of drugs uh-huh. and weird and rainy. <laughs> yeah, that's why they went, you know? Yeah. There's all the opium that, in Afghanistan. And they go dope. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, finally, we're home. My parents were mules is what I'm yeah. trying to say. <laughs> they both came with an ass full of heroin. I'm trying to adapt their life into a <laughs> screenplay. It's sounding good to me. A lot of good classic rock, you know? Yeah, sure. So I think the brochure seen, seemed like a good deal. Yeah. So my dad goes to Seattle, my mom as well, and they start and their it. life. My brother's born. Yeah. And that's it. Three Seattle, and a half years Boeing. Later, I come, yeah. And then like, well, that's a, that's a, that's a lifer job. For sure. 
Is he it's still like there? the coal mine. He is. He's been there so long. Really? And then I got a job at Boeing. It's like we're both working at the coal mine. It's. I think. I think you're exaggerating. You're that's gonna, true. That's it's, see, it's this the is how you, This is mine. how you alienate those people, the working people. Of I this heard country. coal is the energy of the future. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Again. The, oh, you know, cool. It's the energy to end the future. Oh, you, I, I misheard. I'm sorry. I do that a lot. <laughs> Maybe it's like late onset dyslexia. <laughs> we, we almost had a future, but then someone decided coal needed to come back. Yeah, but it's clean. Uh, oh yeah, sure. It's very clean. It's uh-huh. very clean. But um, all right, so so you grow up in Seattle. Yeah, in the middle of all that, pretty much. Sub pop is happening. There's sure, yeah, but you music. know, the grunge was hitting when I was a kid. Yeah, but I was too young to really appreciate, or I I cared more about. You seem uh, more hip hop oriented. Yeah, I mean less so now, but but in my youth, I was all about '90s gangster rap, like Dre, yeah. Snoop, yeah, you, dog you, dog food by the dog pound. Yeah, you, you've woven that into the fabric of your or your act. I guess so. Yeah, it's there. It's, it's a little how bit. I'm trying to think. Do I have hip hop stuff in my from what you caught? No, you do a whole bit about '90s hip hop. Oh, back in the yeah, I guess on my special, my last special, but not. When was that? I did it on Forciso like two years ago. It's not well. It's not like a million years ago. Don't talk to me like you know. Oh man, that's the old me. Oh, that's I mean, the old me, like, man. You haven't seen a new me, dude. <laughs> I'm like a butterfly now. You saw me so, yeah, when I was I, a caterpillar. But no, my point is that because I've talked to people that I mean, you you were obviously born here, but you grew up as a uh, Afghani American, right? Yes. And I, when I talked to Jimmy Yang, uh-huh. there was something about hip hop and about that life and about the language of that that really taught him about america about like you know sort of how to fit in or like what it was an encultured thing you make a choice yeah to sort of like dig into that as a way of communicating right yeah for me it was my peers my friends right. were, were listening to that more so than music yeah yeah and i'm sure there was other kids at school who were into nirvana and yeah i can appreciate nirvana and all that but it wasn't embedded in my dna like, yeah 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 like, like Dre. Dre, The Chronic, and yeah, those were big albums for me and everything. But you weren't smoking a lot of weed. I, I smoked weed for the first time like uh, three weeks ago. See that, really? I'm 34, yeah. See, this is what I mean about managing yourself. You, know, uh-huh. you, you, you knew well enough not to get fucked up somehow. I guess so. It was just part of my identity for so long that I, just, I never did it. And then for some reason- Your identity of not doing this stuff, you mean? Yeah. Oh, but listening to hip hop and- Live, right, live in the life. Yeah, yeah. To live everything about the hip hop lifestyle, except yeah. for the smoking weed. Yeah, that part. Uh huh. So you smoked it for the first time three weeks ago. Yeah. And was it a controlled environment? Were you with yeah. people you trusted? I yeah. Mean, I did, did shrooms before weed because Ari Shafir. He, somehow he found out I'd, I'd never done marijuana. He's like, you should do you should do shrooms before weed. No one's done that before. Oh really? He's like, he just wanted to do it like a novelty, be a groundbreaker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah, wanted yeah. me to be, be a pioneer. And I just always wrote it off, and I'm like, eh, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And then something happened where, like, uh, where you know Benji, Benji Aflalo, yeah, yeah. So his grandma has a beach house in in Malibu. So we did it there. Just I wanted to. Part of being an artist is kind of just sure you got experiencing explore. a little sure at thirty. Like, what hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Take your time with it. You know, don't. <laughs> yeah, don't rush into. It. I'm gonna yeah. tell my kids if you want to smoke weed, wait till you're Be like thirty five. Yeah, yeah, don't do what I did. I did it one year too early. Yeah, yeah. Is it, no, wait till it's. There's no way it can define your life or be a big deal. Yeah, I I like that, and I think it's smart. So, how old are you when you did the mushrooms? Uh, like thirty. Two, thirty-one, or thirty-two. So just a couple. That years was ago. too scary. Like right, I, so I would were, never do that again. You were probably. at the beach house with yeah. Benji and who? Uh, Benji, Matt Edgar, Ari Shafir. Yeah, that's everybody's going to do them. Yeah, and they went gonna, with the way they went with the intent. No, just oh, yeah. like put me on display like yeah, I'm yeah, an yeah. animal. Oh, here, yeah, let's see what happens to him. 
the first time he's done it and he's in his 30s yeah so you all tripped and you got outside you didn't you weren't confined yeah there was a balcony and but you didn't go down the beach uh at the beginning we did yeah just you just because that's a good thing about when you do them you should have the freedom it shouldn't be at night mm-hmm. it should be during the day and you should be able to travel uh, move around a bit you take a walk go sit at that place like yeah i don't want to sit here anymore let's go down to there yeah the wind felt i never felt wind really before oh <laughs> but on that like on your face yeah so that you locked into the wind I locked in the wind yeah and did you freak out yeah, first half of it was just very scary because I'm analytical and I try to understand everything. I was trying to understand the universe and like God stuff and all that. And oh, you, you really went, you, you I went, heard. I went down. You'd heard that, that that's that's the right trajectory to take. I don't know. Wait. Like, I don't know what's right or what's wrong. You I just, just know did what that happened. naturally? Yeah, my brain just went there and it was just like, I didn't have the answers and it was just scary. Oh, no answers no for answers. the engineer. No, that's bad. Exactly. Well, I'm a human. I'm trying to understand. Sure. But math Things couldn't. You cannot. Math, yeah, yeah. Math wouldn't help you. <laughs> all the Pythagorean theorems in the world, all the Fibonacci sequences weren't going to help. Weren't you. helping me at this point. All the quadratic equations. No, no were help. Failing me. <laughs> that must have been very scary for you. It was very scary. I was like, I need, I need chalk. <laughs> And a blackboard. <laughs> yeah, quick. I need a goodwill hunting this <laughs> and what, before I drown. Did they have to kind of reel you in, or uh, Benji would? Benji would be like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know, man. Just, oh, just feel weird." <laughs> and then he'd be like, "You supposed to <laughs> because you're on drugs." Yeah, but I'm I'm glad I did it, experienced it. Um, that's done. Not for me. Yeah. No, not again. The second half, though, I was just like laughing so much. Just things were so funny. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Wait, wait, who was funny? Because I can't. Just imagine. things. Things oh, become thanks. so absurd. But not any of the comics you were with. <laughs> <laughs> all that too. Conversations. <laughs> all. <laughs> All right, so that you got that out of your system, and yeah. you, you, did you get any resolution on the universe or God? Or I mean, as no. an engineer, did I mean, you? Many realize- years later, though, I just kind of had this epiphany. I go like, it's okay not to know. We're not supposed to know. Oh wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, for you, for me, yeah. Hmm. It's a but that like if you but you can't overthink that either. Can't overthink then, it. Then and you get and really I do you know still consider myself Muslim at heart and like Muslim? I, I, yeah, I like to. I mean, I don't pray five times a day, and I'm not, I'm not like the best. I'm not the most. Do you have a mat? <laughs> I don't. You I don't. don't? I wonder, yeah. Uh. I wonder if we do we call it a mat? I don't know. Or like a prayer I'm rug. You. It's a prayer I've just rug. never heard it referred to as a mat. <laughs> like we're gonna bang out some warrior too. Yeah, where's my mat? Hey, don't fucking pray on my mat, dude. That's mine. All right, get your own mat. What's it called? A prayer rug? Probably. Or what like do you a, mean, gi- probably? a a ginamaz, which is like is that what it's called? A ginamaz? Yeah. yeah I th- well, I mean, that's just in in Farsi. I think they call it that. I'm never actively like I saw. I was in New York, uh-huh. and I was just uh, at the Whitney Museum, and I you know I went outside. There were people selling. There was a guy in the corner selling hats. It was getting chilly, and then there was a dude you know doing his prayers in the middle of the day, just yeah. on the street. That's that's on OG. The mat. There's there's Muslims like that, just like yeah, hey, like, I'm gonna drop down anywhere. But for some and reason, like at an arcade, like it's sure. time to yeah, it's time, it's time it's to bang time. it out. Which, which way is Mecca? <laughs> yeah, All right, good. They just bang out the compass. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like on, on their iPhone, or just asking everyone, like, yeah. hey, do you know which way um, yeah, Mecca is? No, yeah. I'm looking for. But no, but I'm just happy that I'm not the kind of person that's sort of like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I'm just, you know, it's like, all right, that's what that guy does. Because yeah. then you go, you go across town, they're just Jews doing their thing, you know, mm-hmm. in their outfits, uh-huh. and it's like, all right, okay, yeah. I, I'm, I, I, there's part of me that sort of uh, envies the discipline of it. 
the ritual of uh-huh. it. You know, what's my ritual? Like, I'm going to make a smoothie. <laughs> you're, yeah. like, you're like, well, I've had three cups of coffee. Yeah, I guess I could do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Just popping into Starbucks as you're praying five times yeah, a day. Yeah, it's kind of, but that's, that's the way capitalism works. Yeah. So you've still got that in you and you're in it, you're in the, you're on mushrooms and, uh, <laughs> and you're still, you realize you're still a Muslim at heart. Yeah. Or just trying to figure, you know, cause like when you're a kid, I think it's just, it's, you just sort of like bite into religion when you're a kid. You have to. You, yeah. And you kind of, you don't realize until you get older that that's like a life preserver, an existential life preserver your parents toss you uh-huh. so you can develop you know, like, like, what happens to us when we die? <laughs> oh, like, Jesus is up there, and yeah. you're, all your grandma's up there. Oh, great. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> it feels good. It's just but it, to keep the lid on your head. Yes, to keep yeah. the lid on, because yeah, yeah. if you're like, well, no one really knows. <laughs> you know how you don't remember before you were born? Yeah. Might be like that after you die. You're like, oh. I'm going to die? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, have a good day at school. Yeah, I get that. So, but, I don't but think you never thought about it. Like but you that. just buy into it so, so, or just like you're brought you don't up, even question it, right? You were brought up pretty religious, not not hardcore. Just, but my parents, I realized as I got older, they weren't as like hardcore as I thought they were. They kind of like so they were the kind rocket of, fuel. It was rocket fuel when sure. I was a kid, so they could feel like they did their part. Well, that's good because that's a, like that's the 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 kind of Muslim that a lot of uh, people who don't understand it don't think exists. That there is this sort of there middle. There is, yeah. Of course, there is. There has to be. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, like, listen to me. I'm getting defensive about it. That whole idea that like all Muslims are, you know, they're just you know uh, one YouTube video away from radicalization. Like we're all on monkey bars getting ready. Yeah. Like Neil yeah. Brennan has a great joke. He goes like, everyone's afraid of Muslim. He goes, you know how you're not great at your religion? Right. <laughs> they're not great at theirs of either. Course. Of course. Uh, yeah, I think they just see CNN or whatever and think it's all hardlined people. And what no, but- what really is unfortunate though, I think whenever you know, an attack is carried out by someone who looks, you know, Middle Eastern or something yeah. like that, or, or doesn't even look Middle they just are, but it's a guy in plain clothes. They'll beat up some woman in a hijab or some guy in a turban who's yeah. like a caricature yeah, a of Sikh. a Middle Eastern person. It'd be like- Not even, he's not yeah. even a Muslim half the time. It's usually And the guy Sikh. who carried out the attack was just wearing jeans and a shirt. It'd be like if a white guy like named Rob stole my wallet and I just beat the shit out of a guy in a cowboy hat and cowboy boots because yeah. he's the most- yeah. white caricature right. right that i could think of right and but yeah but you'd have to be in a country that those people were a minority yeah just wearing cowboy hats yeah, and like saudi arabia one or of something. the four guys yeah. yeah yeah that is that's pretty like incredible though just uh the amount of fortitude it takes like with that climate and to still draw that much attention just to be that devout where you're like i'm still wearing the hijab and it's tough well, I think that they're usually it, it. I I definitely feel for them if they don't have a community in the place where they live. Yeah, Do you, you know, they're I mean, usually. I, I think what what keeps it together is that you have a a mosque or at least a community to where you're like you know after your day of being looked at like you're a freak, mm-hmm. you can go to sure. your, uh, your neighborhood where it's like oh, okay. Yeah, but it would be so easy for people to just say, oh, I don't want to deal with it anymore and just kind of dress more American. Over generations, of course. Yeah. Of course. Well, that's but I respect the layer to be like, no, I'm still, like that choice is still incredible. Well, yeah, I, well, I, I think it's, it's whatever you believe, I think it determines the religion survival ultimately, mm-hmm. right? I mean, somebody's got to be doing that or everybody's going to be like, no, nah, we got to got away from that because everyone all religions get away from it yeah, eventually yeah you know jews were they we got to figure out how to pass maybe we should stop talking like this <laughs> you know <laughs> don't wear the yarmulke outside yeah even with me and my 
brother, I think, uh, you know, my parents are from Afghanistan, but we were born in America. So you're going to, it's, it's going to slip away a little bit. Like, obviously I have that. It's still part of me. I kind of walk this line of East and West and it's a dichotomy. But, but, but over time, it's we are in America now, so it's going to become more and more American with generations. Yeah, of course, right. So, but but you your folks they, they just kind of did what they thought they should do to kind of get you guys at least sort of uh, sure in the lane. Yeah, like culturally, it's kind of more culturally though. Like this comedy thing, I'm not, I shouldn't be doing it. Technically. But wait, but what, did you have a mosque that you guys went to? No, that was like uh, my mom would teach. We went like a couple times when we were kids, but then me and my brother, we really didn't want to go. Yeah. We're like, no, we'll learn it. We'll learn it at home. Just, <laughs> you know, like, no, we'll figure it out. Come were on. Were there holidays though where you had to go? No. Oh, it yeah. doesn't work like that? It's not like, uh, there not prob- like probably is. No, but, so you uh, really just- We just really didn't want to go. We just didn't want to go. We're like, no, we'll learn it. Just teach us mom. We don't want to- but was there an Afghani community in Seattle? That there was. So oh. so it wasn't so mosque-based, but they would. my parents would have this. There were some other Afghan families in the area. Yeah. And every month, they would kind of alternate having a party. Yeah. Just like a gathering. Just With familiar foods. Familiar foods, people. Yeah. And just, I, I think it was a way for for them to have their kids not lose touch of their culture. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Do you speak it? A little bit. Like, come yeah. Yeah. Come back as a little. Uh-huh. Like, salam, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. That's it. Just pleasantries. So they didn't and speak then if it at go, home. They did. I like to blame my brother because my brother didn't talk for kind of long. Like he was a late bloomer and my parents were worried and they asked a the doctor. They go, how come he's not talking? And the doctor said, oh, he's probably, he's confused between English and, and like, you know, Farsi. Yeah. So maybe just speak English. So they yeah. just spoke English around the house. Yeah. And then when I came along, that's just what everybody was, was speaking. And then we spoke Farsi unless they, when they didn't want you to understand what they were saying. Did they do yeah, that Yeah, or when thing? they got mad or, yeah, or yeah. when my mom would say, like, clean your room. And I would understand, like, commands and right, right. Like, just certain, like, catchphrases and stuff. But carrying a conversation is terrifying for me because I am Afghan. I, I look the part, like, and if it gets into advanced interactions, I yeah. just seem like I eat paint chips or something. Because <laughs> I could be like, salam, khub, tachakur. Yeah. Uh, and, and then when it gets like deeper, I just yeah. like stare at them. They're like, they're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Whereas if I was a white guy, they'd be like, oh, he's trying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. But you, can you understand it? As a, maybe I not can understand. I can understand more, but what, what do you do with that? Nothing. <laughs> just you, give the thumbs up. You nod. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, and it sucks having to, like, because my grandma, I love my grandma, but she doesn't speak the best English, you yeah. know? So... That's one of my regrets is that I, uh, yeah, I kind of have to talk to my grandma through my mom or like a oh. translator and, you know, it'd be nice to have a conversation with your grandparents. So the idea of being a stand-up comic in this, in, in I mean, I've, I've talked to people who come from immigrant parents so, a lot of different kinds and there's a lot of pressure to get a secure situation. Yeah, this is like me and my dad were at odds for quite a bit when I was doing stand-up it was kind of a, like a big issue but you decided you pursued engineering you know, like without a question yeah you know, like you went through your your what? non-weed smoking hip-hop <laughs> life and youth and yeah. when you went to college you're like i'm gonna do this well what happened was i mean i was in i was in video productions i always kind of had that gear like i loved comedy yeah. and, and i would i was in drama for like a year or two in high school and my parents were totally cool with all that yeah where'd you pick up all the dance moves just uh I was really into Michael Jackson when I was a kid. Yeah. And I would I would record music videos, I would slow them down. That's just watching Michael Jackson. And well, because you, you go out of your way in most of your uh, hours to dance at least a bit. I guess so. You know, somebody 
What do you mean, guess so? I just watched you dance three times. <laughs> Wait, did you watch the, the, what did you watch? A bunch of different clips. Oh, clips, clips, okay, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? It was from uh, No Business Like Show Right, business. right, okay. I don't, sometimes you'll do these things and you don't know what people have seen. Well, how many specials have you done? Just one. Okay. But I don't know if you saw me in the OR 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 what you've seen, you know? I don't see, it's not a lot of room for dancing in the OR. But more so than New York. I was thinking right. about like New York comics and I think oh, yeah, the, that style is is uh, a product of- The pacing confi- style? Just sort of like the stand and deliver. Oh. Because a lot of the clubs are down downstairs. That's they, possible. They don't have a lot of room. The old improv had a little bit of room, but yeah, the cellar's tight. And yeah. uh, you know, Catch a Rising Star back in the day had a little bit of room. Hmm. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, I yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, sometimes I think that if I- if I was a comic in New York, I don't know if I would be the same comic just from the environment. It's just kind of interesting to think you, about. You'd probably like go to dance. You'd be like, I'd be yeah. dancing right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Just, yeah just you'd figure like, out a way to do it, I think. You like to dance. But one of my, yeah, I'll throw it in there. I won't hold back. I just kind of find um, like act outs or anything like that is just kind of like seasoning. Um, if no, I can, you're, you're good at it. And it's like, it, it's a unique thing to, to be able to lose yourself in that stuff. Because like either you're going to go, there's guys who can act out, but like, like, but you thought of it as a, a skill you wanted to to do when you were, because uh, like I for me it was crowd work. It's like you better know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like there are guys that just can't do it. The OR taught me that before well, I was very rigid, and then like uh, just moving through your bits. Part of the system at the comedy store, which you don't really see when you're a young comic, you just kind of. Uh, you fight it. Yeah, they put you up so late, like when there's five right. people in yeah, the room, yeah, yeah. and you're like, "Why am I?" Yeah, you can take it one of two ways. It can make you great, or yeah. it can make you bitter and toxic. Where sure. you're like, "Where the fuck am I here? Five people, blah blah yeah. blah." But then you kind of realize, like, "Oh, there's zero stakes." Yeah, oh, it, yeah. it's one forty-five a.m. <laughs> there's five people, and then also you realize they're here. Yeah, they're sitting like they yeah. want to be here. Like yeah. if they didn't want to be here, they'd be gone. Yeah, and so you just real you have this epiphany that oh, there's zero stakes. There's five people. You, I could just have fun, and I could be a human being. I don't have to do this right. veneer of a set like I'm well, yeah, you can doing learn, late night. You can learn what you can and can't do on stage. You can learn the parameters of what you're capable of because there's dip, no risk. You yeah. can dip into the now. Sure. You could dip into the, you can just be three-dimensional. Yeah, it's and, great. And that's a gear that I, I didn't have until coming to the comedy store many years ago. It's important, man. There, it's, oh. I, I liken it to like a wild horse in water. Yeah. You know, when they're thrashing around and yeah, everything, yeah. it just kind of like teaches them to slow down. <laughs> Don't panic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just before you're a wild horse yeah. and just you're wild. A lot wound of people up. learn that on mushrooms, but not you. <laughs> oh, really? No, I go the other way. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough in, in my pain to, you know, when I started in New York, I couldn't get on at the big club. So the only club I could get on most of the time was a place called the Boston Comedy Club. And that and that was the way the evening started, mm. was with six people. Yeah. <laughs> like you, would, you would walk in on Wednesday and be like, what the fuck? And just be like five people spread out. Like, all right, we got a crowd. Let's go. Let's do it. I, used, it. To, I used to be terrified by that. But now I kind of love it. And when I want to develop new material, I'll ask Adam at the store, oh, can I go up on a Tuesday or a Wednesday just late? Yeah. Just late because yeah. then I can just be on my phone and I can throw out some ideas. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah, because it's becoming harder to try out new stuff at the store because it's in this renaissance right now. I and know it's that's packed true. And, and there's I, all these, it's like you, Burr, Joey Diaz, Rogan. Yeah. And then if I'm next, it's like. You don't feel like. <laughs> I'm on the chopping block. You know what I mean? Like, are you though? Well, there's this expectation. You just, they've been. But they've it been, doesn't seem like, it seems like your act is kind of bulletproof in a way. Well, that's, there's different things I'm trying to do with different sets. Sometimes uh-huh. I'm like, let me build. And I would never do that 
like after you or something. Right, because you got to survive. Yeah. There's well, I'm not hard to follow, but I know what you're saying. No, I think there's, uh, and that's the lesson I learned very late in my comedy career of like knowing what to do when. Yeah. Because before I used to chase the, I love, the thing I love about stand-up comedy the most is when something works for the first time. Like the puzzle of it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's the engineer thing. Where yeah. I'm like, oh, something was nothing and now it's, right. now it's, it's everything. Thing, yeah. I can tuck it away. Yeah, right. It's part it's of my done. arsenal now. Yeah, right. And just chasing that, I love. And I would do it almost to a detriment where maybe it was on a showcase and I'm like, oh, let me try this new thing. Or when you yeah. realize you got, you have to make impressions first before you can. And also you get, when you get good enough, you, you realize like if, it, if you drive it into the dirt and it doesn't go anywhere, you can still save yourself. Isn't it great? I was just thinking about this too, like reaching a point in your career where you're not you don't have to prove yourself like people know who Mark Maron is they know you're sometimes well not, not just that I'm not saying from like an audience point of view but just sort of like your peers and industry right, like right, right, you right. are an entity right right you don't yeah when you're a young comic you're just like you're trying to prove to everybody that you're as funny as you think you are right and and things are kind of a threat and but now you can just be yeah and, and even you just trying an idea out it's just fascinating to watch someone so comfortable even if right. the idea is not um, right not developed completely fleshed out yet because <laughs> it's, it's a process yeah because then you got to say that. things like all right well that one's gonna come together not tonight i guess sure, but there's just something captivating about someone <laughs> who's been doing it for so long yeah and i, I almost feel like 90 percent of comedy is just i don't know this is bad ratio but a big part of it is editing yeah just some of the greatest stand-ups aren't like sure they're brilliant and all that stuff but just being a good editor because your audience does all your work for you if you are actually perceptive you and ever don't did, have laugh ears. Right, right. But do you ever have those bits where you like, they never work, but you have to do them because you like Because you love them? Yeah. Yeah, I might have, but it'll be like one tag. Like they'll already be laughing and it's just a throwaway for yeah, me. Right, and right. Like maybe one out of 50 it'll hit. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. That yeah, guy yeah. knows. Yeah, I'm going to keep it. Yeah, it's almost like an inside joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So you're you're doing a little theater in high school and then you, what, college? You, you so, oh yeah, so what you happened decide, was, my parents- you're, you're, you're already straddling your desire to be in Kind of, my parents just thought it was something I was doing right. for fun when I'm a kid. Yeah. But then once I, I came to my parents and I was, because I, I think I was 17 and I wanted to get on SNL. So, because I just loved that show growing up. Yeah. And I researched, I go, how do people get on this show? It was, it was through, they were all improv performers from Groundlink, Second City, UCB, mm -hmm. or they were stand-ups. Right. So it was like two paths. And then I researched Groundlings and, and used to be, oh, you have to pay money. They're in LA, they're in New York, they're, they're in Chicago. I'm just yeah. a kid in Seattle and you have to pay money. And I just, it, it, my, I don't think my parents would be into it, especially paying money. And then stand up was just you. Yeah. I go, I, I think I could do that. I can rely on me. Yeah. I don't need a team or anything. It's just up to me whether I succeed or fail. Right. All right, let me, let me do stand up. But then. Oh, before I had that epiphany, though, I, I think I wanted to do theater, you know? Sure. And my dad was like, no, nah, I'm not going to pay for college for a theater degree. So it just kept on getting more watered down. I was like, all right, what about English? And he was like, no. Nah. And then I was like, all right, what about film school? He goes, no. So we kept on having this bargaining until I got to mechanical engineering. <laughs> Which he, that was he, always He wrote off on it. But he actually didn't like that I was doing that. He wanted me to be a doctor. He really thought that I'm just capping off my potential. Oh, really? That I could have been a dentist or a lawyer or, or a doctor, and I'm just doing this to do to this other thing. Him? To appease Yeah, because in my mind, I just wanted to be out of school in four years. Right. So I could do this. But he also wants, usually they're just, they want you to have some sort of practical skill. Yes. And yeah. in hindsight, I'm very 
glad that he did that yeah because i don't think a theater degree would have really helped me do i could do what i'm doing without that yeah but when you're 17 you think you need a theater degree to be jude law yeah or to be chris hemsworth no weirdly you just need a sort of natural kind of uh, you fall into it sometimes you just find out these these people who you admire and say you want to do that you hear their life story and it's all happenstance yeah or, or just that they have a natural talent. They have a natural talent, but yeah. there is a big element of stars aligning. Like when yeah, you listen course. to, yeah. there's a podcast I like called How I Built This. Yeah. And they'll just talk to people like um, like the, the, the woman from Angie's List or yeah. the guy from Patagonia. And you right. listen to their, like how they got to where they are. It wasn't like, I'm going to start a jacket company. It's never, it doesn't, no. the, the, the germ doesn't start from knowing exactly what they want to do. They just kind of float through life this happenstance meeting yeah believe me i know i had no no idea that yeah. i was going to do a podcast or that i thought it was life done. is funny that way yeah it, if you're lucky something lines up mm-hmm. if you sort of stay in the game long enough but if you're yeah if you're in the pool yeah you're around long enough for, for it to kind of align and bounce around until it narrows into a successful avenue hopefully yeah. i mean i, I mean i've I been doing the... this 16 years <laughs> you look around you're like, well, oh, that didn't know. Yeah. They didn't align for that guy. True. Why is that? But look, like SNL was the dream, you know? And, sure. And I'm not doing that, but like, I'm still very happy. There's you these could other... still do SNL. I guess I could. Like Neil Brennan got me an audition. Oh, he did? Yeah. I think this is kind of around the time when the goat face, we yeah. were working on that. The the, the troop, the group. The troop. The oh, sketch... Troop sounds so unfunny. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Just in terms of words. The sketch comedy unit. Come watch my troop. Yeah. 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 We got a lot of great skits. Yeah. Yeah, we were doing that on YouTube. Go faces you Go and face Hassan Hassan Minhaj, who was on Daily Show and then now Patriot on Netflix. Yeah, I've watched it. Uh, Aristotle the Theorist and Asif Ali. Oh, so yeah. we were all friends just in L.A. and trying to make a go of it because we would see each other in auditions and it's all for like cab driver shit. And but you wanted to go with sketch. You didn't want to do an axis of evil comedy thing. Uh, I love sketch, you know, and yeah. I, th- I think like just being a stand-up who does sketch, it's kind of political because this is a show I wanted to do a long time ago. But if you don't come from UCB or Second City or or Groundlings, it's they kind of don't they don't you paint you in ar- the same light. You got to come around the side. You, yeah, it, it's not a natural exactly. evolution. So yeah. I think it's kind of cool about this sketch show is that we're all four stand-ups who I think do sketch very well. Yeah, no, I, I watched some of your bits. Oh, uh, cool. But not I don't think they were goat face bits, but some bits where you're doing characters oh, i see yeah, yeah yeah and how many have you shot it's a one-hour sketch special oh so it's just a one-off but, but are I, you looking to make I, I would love to you know because like stand-up and sketch is just i think what i do naturally everything else when they're like oh do you have a half hour do you have a movie idea it just seems like so much more work whereas these other things just come to me yeah hanging around with four, three other dudes going yeah let's do that <laughs> you know like three like a three-minute thing yeah it's not like a fucking, exactly it's not like a 90 page to 120 page thing that could eat up four years of your life exactly no i get it it's that's a comic brain mm-hmm. i imagine that's sort of uh, relative to a math brain too i think that once you get all your equipment in place mentally to work problems out you're, you're not looking to spend a year on the problem yeah i like how nimble you could be too yeah you're like oh, okay i'm doing like a an action sequence all right now i'm doing a a, like an indie film parody right you can really do a lot of things in a short amount of time right. and it just it scratches that creative itch and it's satisfying that, that it's not going to you know take you're not gonna get forever, bored forever, right really but so you do you get a full engineering degree i get a what, full engineering degree what is it what's a what mathematical engineering uh, or me- mechanical engineering at university of washington what so, is that what is now what does that um, enable you to do what, what are that, the that degree? jobs yeah quite a bit like that's a 
that's a big umbrella. Yeah. Mechanical allows you because you you'll do thermodynamics in there, so you can get into HVAC, which uh-huh. is like you know heating and cooling systems. Yeah. Um, you can get into civil if you want. You right. can get into aerospace. You can get into automotive, like Toyota, and you can get into like JPL. Oh, you can yeah. do um, like Tesla, Elon Musk company. Just and what would your job be at those places? It depends. Like for me, I got the job at Boeing in Long Beach. Because your dad got you in. Yeah. Kind of, but in a very roundabout way. It wasn't because he was like super senior and he was like, "Yeah, my boy's coming in. Yeah, Treat him right. <laughs> yeah. And just like a just pat on the back. Yeah, no. Because I think my dad, he's kind of slipped through the cracks of Boeing and he should be, know, there's this episode of Masters of None. I don't know if you've seen it. I think it's f- uh, episode four where it just kind of, it, it shows a window into the immigrant experience. Like when you first come to America and I'm fortunate enough to have been born here. I talk a certain way, yeah. I dress a certain way, I'm accepted by yeah. America. I never really give a lot of thought to this because it's my, my dad and you just think of your dad as your dad. You don't think of, think of him as a functioning member of society. Right. But that episode really was kind of a mind fuck. Like, uh, and it made me think about like when my dad probably worked at Boeing and he's, he's literally from Afghanistan and is probably trying to learn English a little better or doesn't have as much of a grasp as it. I mean, he speaks perfectly English, but there's an accent and there's, yeah. we're not as woke. You're only as woke as the year you're in. Yeah. So the the politics and of him trying to climb a company and, yeah. the, and the, the positions he was overlooked for. And right. So it's kind of, that's you know, an interesting, uh, that's a very uh, powerful thing to learn from a TV show that, uh, the kind of like maneuvering your brain to an empathetic place for your, father's life experience yes yeah. because it's easy to think of your parents as just these set pieces sure they're parents they're parents and yeah, uh, yeah and I, maybe it's cliche that you learn as you get older that they're they're people trying to figure out as well yeah they don't, oh, have, yeah. They don't have all the answers and yeah I, I i thoroughly believe that my parents were just these people i grew up with they're not mm-hmm. they're, they're, but it's it's gr- it's kind not, of great to have that epiphany and just yeah so yeah, so my dad didn't have that like a ton of weight to throw around the yeah. clout to say see my boy and all yeah, this stuff. Right. But what he did, he had access to the Rolodex of like all the managers and stuff. Right. Like there's this proprietary, it's like a contact list. Yeah. So he could find out who the managers are in Boeing, and he, and he says like email this guy. Yeah. Like they won't know how I got his email or whatever. But, right. So I basically got a contact list of some people to hit up. Yeah. And so I emailed a couple Boeing managers. Saying, hey, you know, I, I'm graduating with a mechanical engineering degree from the University of Washington. Here's my senior project. And, you know, just. Did you say your dad worked at Boeing? I don't know if I did. Maybe. You did. Probably I did. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and when you're a kid, you think this is old 1950s thinking, like, ah, oh, it doesn't work this way, dad. I got, you got to know someone. And, yeah. But he's right. Sometimes your parents are right. Yeah. And I got a, I got an email back. And, and then I got a, a conference call when I was back home. And they just interviewed me over the phone. And then. A few hours later, I got an offer to work at Boeing in Long Beach. And I only applied to jobs in Southern California because I knew you could do I wanted comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I was just trying to get here. Yeah. And so, what, did you, was it a good job? It was great. Yeah. I mean, it was always a means to an end. Right. It's not pouring cement or anything. No, but you could have stayed there. Where? At Boeing. I could not. My soul wouldn't have no, allowed me to. No, no, no. But to. I mean, like, you know, they set you up pretty good. The offer was solid sure. for a new engineer. But the thing with engineering is that uh, you get this thing called salary compression, where you come in at a pretty nice rate compared to your friends who are graduating in different fields. Right. I was coming in at 62K, let's yeah. say, which is good for the time. Yeah. But year by year, your salary doesn't really increase that much. And then new hires start making as much as you. Yeah. 
or uh, or or even more. But there's like, but are there like uh, hotshot engineers? engineers? I mean, just the fact that you said that. Maybe Elon Musk is the only one, really. Right. There's not a lot of hotshot yeah. engineers. But like, like your job security isn't like. There's a new kid that can turn this inside <laughs> out. He's gonna, no, and if you are, you're like can, a, you're very rare. Right. He can make a plane without wings. This yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just a tube flying through the air. <laughs> yeah. No one knows how he's doing it. Yeah. There's less rock star. Right. I mean, there are some of them, but I think to excel in that field, you have to really love it. Yeah. When you clock out, you're reading manuals, and I think it's true of any field. Right. The people who excel are the ones who it's not work to them. So you're Just doing that life. gig, and you're doing the comedy. Doing that. I'm engineering by day. I'm driving to Hollywood and being a ghost at yeah. every comedy club, people walking through me. Walking around the hall. Just loitering. Yeah, but, but you seem to, you, you say you, you don't mind that. Well, because I'm at a certain level now where it's yeah. fine, like- I'm getting up at the comedy store, like, look, it'd be great to have a better rapport with you, but I'm not going to push it, you know, like, before well, we're going to have project. one now. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. But I, I like the way that it's worked out. I wouldn't have liked, uh, you know, <laughs> can I pick your brain? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, that's a different kind of person. You know what I mean? Like, you're not that guy. Sure. I mean, there's definitely people like that. You know, I kind of fucked up because, like, not with you, but... Uh, I, I asked Burr to do that, but not too early because he had sent some really gl- glowing things about me, like in print. Yeah. And I did this. Well, he's a good guy. Yeah. But the thing is, I, I, I would have like limited interactions with him, yeah, like yeah. never some, like at, never at length. Yeah. So it was always perplexing when I would hear from other people like, oh, Burr really likes you or yeah. he mentioned you in this article and, and I did um, this festival in Ireland, this Vodafone. Yeah. And the guy was like, oh yeah, Burr was here and he was talking you up. So it was just like, fucking with my mind like how have i not had a conversation at length with this man and and he's saying all these nice things about me yeah i mean it'd be cool to have a little bit of a rapport yeah so then so then i got his number and i was like thank you for you know the the ireland thing and he's like oh yeah don't mention it and i was like yeah i love (laughs) like i'll get a coffee and pick your brand literally said that shit yeah and and he's like oh yeah, yeah like he wanted to but he's so busy and like I could just say what's up at the store. I don't need to. I know. Like, I don't I, need to eat his day. But it's just weird with comics is that we have this community where we see each other and we probably talk enough. You you're, probably talk. You're right. You're right. Like we're not the type to like set time. <laughs> we'll we'll see each other in the club. Yeah. I'll see you in the green room. Yeah, we could, we they, could bang it out there. May, right. And maybe if like you know it's late night, so like, you want to eat? You want to get go to Canada's for or something? sure? Yeah. Diner sesh. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. There's you know, no let's get coffee. Are you gonna tell me you're terminally? <laughs> yeah. Right. What's the matter? You know. It's weird though, because it's not like we're busy, but we have time during the day. But it, it's always a little awkward when you're, you know, out. With yeah, and he has time. a kid, and he has a wife. So just, and so, it was one of those like late in life bonehead blunders. Not, it's all right. I mean, I'm beating myself up more. Like, about I mean, that. I'll go like I'll go hike with Ryan Singer and shit sometimes, mm-hmm. and like, you know, I mean, it happens. But it's just, a, it is a kind of an odd thing. You got to slip community. into it. We yeah, don't yeah. like to plan anything unless it's necessary. Yeah, like, like what's going? That's funny though. Like, are you sick? What do you need? What's happening? <laughs> Yeah, if a comic like, wants to have coffee yeah, at a yeah, certain yeah, time. Did something happen? Or you... Lay it on me. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be heavy. So, but when you finally quit your gig and you're, you're well, I mean, is your old man proud of you now? I don't know. We'll uh, see when I go back for Thanksgiving. He, he's he been the longest holdout. And like my mom is loving it since I took her to the premiere. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> she got she pictures with, business? she. Uh, yeah. Like she got a picture with Margot Robbie and like uh, Tina Fey. And uh, she, so she got to a... Be See glamorous. the best of the best, yeah. Because sure. I hide a lot of stuff from. It's tough because when you're out here, especially in the early years, she'll be like, you know, what's new, and you're doing things, but they're 
they're not uh, they're like an audition you're not gonna tell your mom about an audition it's the worst dude. You it's the fucking worst you can go through the yo-yo like you're built for it yeah but your mom is entering. You don't want to take them through that because then they just like, why are you wasting your time? Or, or, or they're just like, they, they like, I just did a fucking scene. I just did a scene with Robert De Niro and the Joker. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. But like, I'm telling my mom, it's like, she's like, Oh, so you're in the movie. I'm like, yeah, but it's not, it's not, I'm not, cause you know, they're going to go and they're going to wait. Uh-huh. And then it's sort of like, that's it. Like, so but don't, you don't know, you don't understand how, yeah. yeah like to your mom, like, Oh, yeah, you but, wish. Right. I mean, she's happy, but like, I know when the movie comes out, she's like, I thought you were going to be in it longer. Yeah. You can't win, you know? <laughs> like one of the greatest things of your career. Like, yeah. I thought it was going to be longer. It was a good experience, you know? And I, but I, I've got it all. I've got it in a good perspective in my head, but I know what you're saying. You can't say like, I'm up for this movie because then they'll be like, why didn't you get it? Or, or they'll keep asking. Yeah. And because uh, you don't even know. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if I more got it. things don't happen than yeah, happen. Yeah, that's right. So it's it's hard early on when they say what's going on and you have nothing to really. You go nothing really, oh, I hate and it, it just seems like you're twiddling your thumbs. But but you are, you're just protecting them from the yo-yo of Hollywood. Yeah, and also like no matter it's like and now it, it what really matters. I mean, with my parents, there was a generation like if everybody doesn't know who you are. Then for in their world, yeah, it's Tom like, Cruise or Bus, right? Who who are you? you? You know what I mean? It's like I don't know what is that show that you're on. You know, yeah. you know, it's like Jerry Seinfeld. We know him, and then it's, everything else is sort of like, oh, I don't know what Conan. <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, they don't what know Shades that? of Gray. They don't, and it's like it wears on you a little bit. Yeah, but after that premiere, my mom was into oh, that it. Was it. Oh yeah, it yeah. was funny because she wanted a photo with Tina, and there's a lot of people at this after party. And stuff. She's like literally pushing me. Yeah, towards T- like I'm gonna bump yeah, in. Yeah, She's yeah. literally like a like yeah. a linebacker or something just <laughs> just blocking me and you're it, trying just to be cool it, it was crazy i've never seen my mom push push me to get to somebody she was just like swim moving and everything oh, and she then loved it. what was kind of neat though was like it's my mom of course they're gonna take it it's so lovable yeah yeah it's not just some random guy like right right i love you tina yeah can i smell your hair yeah and tina was cool right? yeah she of took course. a photo and my mom like she hangs it in so what's, what, what's your... My dad is kind of more... It's kind of, a, I think, a, a cultural thing, too. Like, what will people think? And he's just very old school. And I think it must be kind of novel. For me, I like that there, there's other Afghans who, who will talk to my dad and be like, oh, you must be so proud. Or, right. So, and yeah, then yeah, yeah, for yeah. that switch to go in his head, like, oh... Should I be? Should I be proud? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of nice. But I think he just understands money and like a house and cars and yeah. uh, not in a gaudy way, but just kind of stability right, and, and sure. what I would have if I were yeah. a, a cardiac you know oh, yeah. surgeon right he's still judging you he's still waiting doctor. for that yeah he he gave this arbitrary number he was like if you will make 50 million dollars it will have been okay oh my god just gosh. some random That's a big but not number. in a mean way it's just so right. absurd I go dad I would never make that yeah there's nothing you could yeah do. what do you so, you so we'll know. see it's every year it's like still like kind of here's the kind of cool and sad thing it's becoming less and less uh, harping and, and kind of like uh-huh. i think he just always thought that i was putting my real life on hold right that okay. what i was doing it's a phase yes yeah the longest phase in the world <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah up top it was just sort of like okay he can still go well, he can still go to medical school but that's the problem still... with having an actual degree like you know i have an english degree so after about a decade mm-hmm. yeah, there was no phase but there was no other thing <laughs> you, you know what I'm is this or bust right there's nothing you're gonna fall back on like you know you've got that other no you don't okay yeah. good luck but he he didn't even want engineering though he wanted me to go to medical school or like dentistry and uh, yeah so I was always putting my life on hold kind of in his mind. Right. And uh, early on, when I was like really getting into comedy and stuff, I would like hide my joke book and stuff. And Oh, wow. 
just anything that would remind him that I'm doing this thing would kind of enrage him. Not I know like like throwing me downstairs and everything. Right. It was kind of like uh, you know you know throwing your life away. Blah blah. blah. Why is this still happening? Yes, holding up a yes, notebook. Yes, yes. With, with you, a great, most people it's great opioids. Exactly. You know? It's the same thing. Honestly, just he didn't like any reminders that I'm doing this other thing. And mm. I think we were we were driving to maybe Lake Chelan or just some family vacation. We're in the minivan, and I'm reading. I'm just trying to like I'm reading like Steve Martin's memoirs. I'm yeah. reading uh. Jay Leno's leading with my chin. You yeah, know? yeah. So the book's open like that, and I just picture my dad looking in the rearview mirror and just seeing Jay Leno with his like chin on his fist, with his ball of anger. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. like, "What the fuck is that, Jay?" Leno? Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was just kind of upset about that. Wow. But but over time, it's kind of sad. Just like time has tempered him. You know, you can't maintain that that's level not sad, of rage. That's good. Sure, it's good for me. And and also, but it, like, but it just reminds you your parents are getting older and all that. But also, like uh, you know, a therapist years ago once told me that you know at some point, you know, your parents want to have a relationship with you that's you know genuine. Yeah, you, you know, I and, make it sound like he's Joe Jackson or something. Like we no, we love each other. We talk when, but it, but this is just this side thing that we don't. It's sort of like. Professor Rex and Magneto have common ground, but right. you know they still they does, still were friends at this point. Does he come to your shows? No, no. But my mom doesn't either. I'm very weird. I'm, oh, my mom, I should. Yeah, I just have hangups about it. That'll go away. She'll let that go away. I should let it go away. He's my that, mom really wants to come. I should let her come. It would make. But my dad would be. I kind of feel like for my dad, it has to be this triumphant, like out of a like, movie did he watch or something. Your special. Maybe, maybe my mom showed. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you should like. I mean, I know how that feels, you know. Like, and I was like that too. But, but, uh, but my dad gets such a kick out of coming. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, my. I just can't fathom my dad being like, "When's your next show? <laughs> Can you put me down for like eight thirty and ten thirty? I want to bring plus two. I want to bring Abdul. <laughs> I have a tag for you. <laughs> he, he, he's already given you a bunch of tags. Yeah, I don't <laughs> talk about him as much, and I mean in my. In my early days, you kind of talk about what you know, and I talked about my dad more. But that's how I learned how to be a comic. He's just one of those guys, he's so narcissistic and weird, uh-huh. that I'll just make fun of him to his face, and he just dies. He just loves the attention. So, like, I'll just... Sh- it, you can go too far with it. Sure. And I'm sure you wouldn't do this, right. g- given your relationship. Yeah. But like he would th- charge the stage and beat me up, just a flashback. Oh, really? No, I'm just kidding. Like, he takes his shoes off and just yeah. spanks yeah, me. Start throwing shoes oh, at you? My yeah. fans can't see me this way. <laughs> I have the power. Well, that's... I'm sorry, Bubba. Yeah, but that's the thing that's in your head see that's why you can't have him there is that you've got him built into your head and you're going to go on stage knowing he's in, in the room it's a it's very gonna... middle eastern thing just this this like power separation dad is dad it's mm. weird i can't i can't like fathom laying into my dad <laughs> the show. oh no yeah i get it no not no that's uh i understand the respect but you'll have an event big enough maybe they'll come and turn like maybe the, like I your don't mom know. had the premiere right but maybe what's gonna be for my my dad loves Steve Martin. That's that's what's interesting though. Mm. Like he's such a huge fan. Oh really? They love art. They're yeah. really tapped into it. They love poetry and but they don't want and, their kids yeah. But they don't want their kids to have any part of it. Mm. Like these are all just like artists flown in from somewhere. Right. Sometimes people will come up to you after a show and be like, "Wow, I don't know how you do what you do up there." They they think that you just woke up. Right. You don't ask a helicopter pilot like, <laughs> yeah. "How how do you do?" Oh yeah. fuck, man! Just, like, yeah. I wish I could be you. How do you? <laughs> no. How do you even like? It's a process. It's a hell. Of, it's a long process. I've always thought about stand up that, like, people think they can do it. Some people, because on its surface, they're like, "Oh, I've made people laugh." Right. I can hold a microphone. I've yeah. Sure, I can get up there. Yeah. 
and on its surface, sure. But when you look at a an NFL player who's right. just like jacked and 300 pounds, yeah. people know because you could see the work. The yeah. work is on their body. Yeah, he's a monster. Look at him. They look at the muscles and they, yeah. they know why they can't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But with stand up, all the muscles are in your brain. Yeah. And no one can see it. Oh yeah, and they, yeah, and and I, I hate when people trivialize it. Like you know, now everyone's a comic because they've done one mic. Uh huh. You know, and they got a business card and it's like, yeah, or hecklers. Those be like, yeah, let me get up there. Yeah, come on. Yeah, you want me to? Everyone claps. Yeah, and then yeah. you just see them clam up up yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do this character where it's like confident open micer because you'll see these bringer shows. Oh, yeah. Whereas they're like, oh, you know him from the Die Theta Beta fraternity. And he has like some jack in a backwards hat. And, he's yeah. like, and it's this fake confidence, you yeah. know, where, yeah. where you could tell he's like, I just, just uh, exude confidence. But yeah. through the breathing and like the swallowing, <laughs> you could tell that he's just living on the edge. He's yeah. like, yeah, what's up? Uh, <laughs> it was uh, Toby's in the house. Uh, yeah, fuck. You guys ever um, notice when? Uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's yeah. just hilarious as a comic back there. You go. That's not yeah. a normal breathing pattern. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Well, this was good. So, Thanks, uh, go face, go face. It's a one-hour sketch special, Comedy Central. I think Comedy Central has my one-hour special that was on CISO. Yeah, it's yeah. up there now. It's called "There's No Business Like Show Business." It's funny. Then I have a podcast called Fahim Anwar Dance Hour. Good talking to you, buddy. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah. Okay, that was good. I like that guy. Funny guy, smart guy. Oh my god, I'm talking. <laughs> I, I, I'm having a hard time recognizing my own voice in my head. So uh, that's that. Go to WTFPod.com. You can check my tour dates. i got a few coming up that are on there at the Wheeler Opera House in uh, Aspen and also at the uh, Boulder Theater in Boulder, Colorado. You can also pick up the uh, audio version of Too Real right there on the homepage at WTFPod.com. And I wasn't planning on playing guitar. It's a little late. I'm a little tired. But I I think I'm rethinking it because I plugged in the Telecaster. Maybe I'll just go clean. Why, 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 why? All the cool guys are playing with their fingers. Just their thumbs. Oh, man. I'm going to do two fingers. Clean in.